Hello, and welcome to Industry Elites. On this podcast, Industry Elite's very own Natalie and Vicky are going to be interviewing business owners and individuals who have made their mark in their respective industries. Hey guys, and welcome to the Industry Elites podcast. Today, Natalie and I have Terrell Strayhorn for the third and final installment of his three-part series. So let's get into it. I have experienced a lot of forms of rejection throughout my life that have showed up at different points in ways that I did not anticipate or imagine. But my mentors have been those who have helped me silence the negative noise in my head about my inabilities and amplified the voices about my strengths and who have reflected back to me that maybe I'm not tall enough for basketball. And by the way, I don't want to play basketball. It's taken me a whole lifetime to get comfortable just saying like, I'm cool not being good at basketball. In grade school, I remember everyone would pick everybody for their team before they'd pick me. One, I didn't know the rules of the game. I spent way more time learning the periodic table of elements than I did learning the rules of basketball. And although that wasn't cool in high school, it is okay for me as an adult to say, I just chose academics. And for those who are listening, it is okay for you to have interests that are against the grain and different from your friends. And I would encourage you now to start being comfortable with your story, comfortable in your own skin, developing a fluency that is a language for telling your friends, if you want to go right, I want to go left. You want to order pizza? I think I'm going to order noodles. It's okay to be different. But I think we do live in a society that if you're not careful, the currents of this world will make you just like everybody else and we'll all be the same. And that's not the beauty of a democracy, that we all add value. And I think for the mentors who are listening, it's our job to constantly remind our protégés of the value that they bring to the table. I think that was extremely, extremely powerful. And I think for a lot of our listeners, it will really help inspire them, especially during this time and give them that positivity. I think a lot of people are really searching for. Thank you. You seem like a very passionate individual and that no matter what life is thrown at you, you seem to kind of phoenix from it and overcome to be the academic and person you want to be today. What advice would you give to someone that was struggling to find their passion or just wants to find a passion? Yeah, that's a really wonderful way to end. You know, I think I just want to. So I'll answer that question as we wrap up. I've become really aware of how misleading our public bios and social media can be. So I appreciate the fact that, and I'll probably use that language to be honest, Vicky, um, in the future, I appreciate your analysis and conclusion that I come across as a person who's got it all together and who rises, or as you said, who is able to phoenix from you know these challenges. And so I just want to say to anybody who's listening to understand that that only comes through a lot of struggle. We don't often post on social media our bad days or our rejections or our frustrations. We typically reserve social media for the successes, the publications, the grants that we did win, the promotions that we did get. And we don't acknowledge or publicly display the jobs that we were looked over for, the friendships that were ended or 
terminated prematurely. And so I just want everyone listening to listen to what we've talked about in this really, really exciting conversation and say, wow, this guy has got it all together. I strive to have it all together. I strive to hold it all together. But my ability to do that and my strength, quite honestly, and the courage that it takes to do that is developed through struggle and through setback and through frustrations and through hardships. And I've had a number of them over my the course of my life. My mom and grandmother, if she were still alive, if they were on this podcast today, would tell you the story of when I was born. I was born with sort of birth condition. I was a hydrocephalus baby, which means I had a lot of water on my head. Usually, if you've seen pictures, these are babies that have really large and large heads filled with water. And though the body is 75% water, we actually can't have that much water on our brains. And so it can be life-threatening. And so that's the circumstance I was born into. And through life-changing and life-saving surgeries, when doctors predicted that uh, I would probably spend most of my adult life, which they did not anticipate to be very long, suffering from major learning disabilities, that if I could make it through the surgeries, that would probably be my lot in life. And they certainly never predicted that I could learn in a traditional classroom. And I'm still connected, believe it or not, with my pediatrician, Dr. Mosby Engray, from the surgeries when I was born and throughout my life, and have had the opportunity to meet them as a PhD. And I can tell you that both of them sent gifts to me as I fight back emotions when I finished my doctorate, because they just never predicted that you could be born into that circumstance and still overcome. Not only to overcome the surgery, because I had loving parents, a praying grandmother, but that I could find success in the classroom. I do not suffer from any documented learning disabilities that I'm aware of. And though they told my mother that I would struggle to write my name, I've written 10 books. And I'm not saying that to gloat. I'm just saying it to encourage people in the audience to believe that it doesn't even matter what you were born into. Just because you were born into it doesn't mean you had to stay in it. doesn't matter what other people's opinions of you and your likelihood for success are. In fact, I like to tell people that other people's opinions of you, and I have to remind myself of this sometimes, but other people's opinion of you have nothing to do with you. It's all them. That's their, their baggage. They let them own that. And let's create spaces where we love ourselves and affirm ourselves and we circle ourselves with people who breathe life into us and who nurture and cultivate our energies so that we can generate more light for the world. So I just say that to say, if you've messed up, if you've had some mix-ups, if you've had some setbacks, so too have I, you can still find success. I don't think the goal certainly not for me anymore, is not to get it all right because you won't get it all right. It's to, when I can, make things right for me, make things right with others. I don't think that you will be able to necessarily have it all together. I think the goal is to keep it all together. And that's a juggling act that changes as you change and as the world changes and you figure out new rhythm and new strategies for doing so. My advice to those who are looking for their passion is to keep looking. If you could sell passion to people or purposes to people, you'd have quite a bit of money because everybody's looking for it. Some people call it their passion, their purpose, their why, their reason for being 
their goal in life, whatever it is, everyone has one. There is no five-step plan for getting there. And to all my fellow authors who have written those books about three steps to a purpose, whatever, I'm not knocking your book. I'm just simply saying that my experience and my understanding of what purpose and vocation are it's a lot more nuanced than that. And so you might find it through a course. Someone else might find it in their major. Someone else might find it, quite honestly, when they're out working and they've already moved through two or three jobs. I know for myself, I used to think like, oh, I'm a professor. That's my purpose. That's my passion. But I'm also, for those who either can pick up from this podcast or know, I'm also a preacher. I'm a man of faith. I'm ordained in my denomination to preach. And so then I thought, well, wait, if I'm a professor, then where does the preacher happen? And all of that was difficult to manage and got even more complicated when I started speaking publicly. So now I'm a professor and a preacher and a public speaker. Which of these is my real passion? Which of these is my real purpose? And it took me a while to realize none of those are my passion or my purpose. Those are my jobs. Those are the things that I do. But I think your passion and your purpose are actually more wrapped up in your why. Why do you do the things that you do? Why am I a professor? Why am I a public speaker? Why am I a preacher? And I think it has to do with my sole purpose. And that is I'm a communicator. I have a message and I'm striving to connect that message, carry it forward to those who need to hear it, those who are affirmed by it, energized by it, challenged and critiqued by it, strengthened through it. And sometimes I'm communicating the results of my research as a professor. Sometimes I'm communicating the revelations that I get from as a Christian from the Bible, as a preacher. Sometimes I'm trying to take all of this knowledge, motivational messages, spiritual messages, research-informed discoveries, and share them with huge groups of teachers and principals and policymakers on a stage as a public speaker. But at the end of the day, I'm a communicator. I'm wired, I'm driven to communicate in ways that invigorate, enliven, and enlarge those who are listening. So I would say, one, you know, if you want to buy the book that's three steps or five steps, try it, see if it gives you something to think about. I have purchased those books over my life and used them as guides. None of them led me to my reality but it's not that it's not possible. I think two, until you know what it is, my grandmother, when she was alive, she would teach me the words to all these songs. One that I've talked about a lot in public lectures and I won't sing, but the words are, there's a bright side somewhere. There's a bright side somewhere. Don't you give up until you find it. And that's the part that I just want to borrow for a moment to say to those who are looking for your passion and your purpose and you, it's not making sense for you yet, or there's nothing that's really catching your interest and so forth is don't give up. The best thing you can do is expose yourself to a lot of different possibilities. So if you don't know that your passion is in the creative arts or that your passion is somehow using your hands in service to meet a need of others, then try all of them. Get out there and make sure you're doing community service when it's safe for us to do that again. Or if you can figure out ways to do it virtually, try a class online, asynchronous or synchronous, develop new hobbies. One thing I'm trying to learn a little bit more about nowadays is video production. And there are ways in which it connects with my passion of communicating with others. But there's also a heightened need for it in the middle of this crisis. And I haven't put together a high quality video before, but I can learn still. And so I think 
the more you expose yourself, you're more likely to encounter something that is your passion. And my final point is this, and that is, how do you know that this is it? Some advice that I think I've picked up along the way that really resonates with me is you'll know that it's your passion when you are willing to do it when no one else is watching, that you find satisfaction in doing it, though there is really no external reward. No one's paying you to do this, but you're still driven to do it. And when you do it and you feel that you yourself are actually being re-energized through it, maybe it's when your passion is when your gifts and skills somehow rise to meet a need. It might be your own personal need, could be the need of a company or corporation. It could be the needs of society. Right now, we need a vaccine for the COVID crisis. I don't know who has the answer, but I do know that we all have gifts, talents, and skills. And when those come together in a way that connects with the need, there is purpose and passion. And when you get there, you'll probably call up the Industry Elites podcast and say, oh my gosh, I found it. And he was right. I feel it. Like, I want to do it. And I just can't get enough of it. Or, you know, like, so people ask me all the time about my public speaking. It took me forever to put some language to this. Like, why do you want to speak so much? And at first I thought I like just connecting with people. And I do. I'm a connector. I like connecting with people, although I'm an introvert. So it exhausts me to do it, to be on all the time. But I think it's important work. But actually what compels me to do it is I know that when I'm done, someone will be moved. And sometimes it's moved emotionally. Like I've delivered talks and seen audiences crying their eyeballs out. I've been crying at the end of them. But I also know that sometimes it doesn't manifest that way. It might be that the person is moved intellectually or cognitively. They're thinking about something that they've never thought about before. And I've met teachers. I've been on vacation in Chicago and a teacher stopped me at a hot dog stand and said, I heard you speak a few years ago at a conference. And you know what? As a result of hearing you speak, I went into the classroom. I did some things differently. And Jamal or Mark, that student that was on my mind, they're doing better. And they got out of my class because of what you said. And that is satisfying. It's so satisfying. It propelled me to keep doing it for so many years. So I'm not motivated by, you know, external rewards, the, the count in my bio. I tell people all the time, I've written enough now. I'm not trying to write another book or journal article just to say I have another one. That doesn't impress me. What I am driven to do is I got a lot more I want to communicate. And one way that I communicate with my audiences is through books and journal articles. So yes, I will write, but not because I want some big award or some big title or a whole lot of money that comes along with having books and journal articles, but because I've got something to say and my audience needs to hear it. My final point, although I already know I said that, is this, for those who are saying, but wait, I do want the reward. The only thing I can tell you is when you step into your passion and your purpose, rewards naturally come. As a Christian and a man of faith, there's a Christian scripture. So whether you're a Christian or not, it's still a resource that you can learn from. There's a scripture that says your gifts will make room for you. And I think that's so true for people when they step into their passion, their purpose. You can't help but to reap the rewards of sowing good into the world and shining your light in darkness and generating positive energy where there once wasn't. I've had times where I have spoken at school and right before, you know, I was expecting to get, you know, spirit of transparency, $500 for a talk or something. 
And at the end, the principal will come to me and say, oh, no, I asked them to increase the check to this because what you offered us, we can't even put into words. And I didn't go in there thinking, ooh, I want them to up the amount of my honorarium. I went in there with purpose on my mind. I have a T-shirt I wore it yesterday. says, I'm here on purpose. I had that design when I started really understanding my purpose. And I just offer to everyone listening, imagine every day that you have on your shirt and it says, I'm here on purpose. No matter where you are, you could be online learning in college. You could be in working remotely for your job. You could be at home with your family. And when things, when as our states reopen and recover, you'll be back on campus. You'll be back in the office. You might be hanging out on the weekend with your friends, but imagine having that shirt on that says, I'm here on purpose. And what will you do since you're there on purpose? I think that was a really great ending and it was really powerful to our listeners. And we really appreciate you sharing with us that you shouldn't stop searching for your passion and to always be looking for more. So we really want to thank you for joining us, Terrell. I think it was an amazing, amazing discussion, especially in these times. Lots of people need to hear this. Thank you so very much. And I wish you and Vicki all the best. And and look forward to seeing exactly where we all go in the fall. I mean, your podcast is a major resource, podcasts in general, but I think one that brings together those of us across industries to share our insights and wisdoms for the uplift of all is just absolutely respectable work. So thank you for having me. 